Welcome to the Supreme Bohemes podcast, where we embody a supreme energy while maintaining a bohemian lifestyle. I'm Tayesian. And my name is Mallory. Thank you all so much for listening to our previous episode, episode two. It was amazing, PTSD and dating. Um, We got a lot of love and a lot of interactions with um, the last episode. And also thank you for uh, replying to our polls. We really Mm -hmm. love the engagement um, that we've been seeing so far throughout this season. And we just want to continue to up, up that so we can all be more interactive. Yes, I feel like every um, episode that we drop, we're getting more followers. Um, Mm -hmm. Even when we dropped the What Would a Boheme Do for episode two, we got a lot of feedback and responses. I just want to thank everyone for taking time out to listen to us and engage. Right, exactly. Yep. Well, let's get into the Get to Know You segment. Um, So the first question is, what makes a party boring to you? Okay, so I'm going to go with a house party and talk about what I think will make a party boring if it's like at your house. Um, I feel like the biggest thing for me, what really makes me not want to be somewhere is Mm -hmm. if somebody, everybody is on their phones. Like, yeah, I really, really, really hate that because obviously, you know, we in this digital age where every you people don't want to miss out on anything. But when you're in an actual environment where you're supposed to be having fun, you should be trying to have fun and not keeping up with what's on your phone. Mm-hmm. So that and bad music, <laughs> bad music is just the worst, like the worst. I mean, that's self-explanatory. And, um... I think, like, if it's at a house, definitely, like, no food and drinks. You need oh, to have yeah. something for the people, mm-hmm. some some type of entertainment, things for different people to do. Because some people like to just sit at the party and just chill, drink, and talk. Some yeah. people like to play games. So you might want to have some games. Some people like to go outside and smoke. So mm-hmm. I feel like having all of the festivities is what make it a festivity. Right. No, <laughs> I agree with that. Um, for me, I feel like what makes a party boring is uh, the if I feel like the click stuff. Like if you just stick oh. to the click and you don't talk to anybody, especially when it's a house party. Yeah, then I feel like that makes the party rather boring because you have one group talking on one side and you have the other group talking on the other side, and it's like little to no intermingling. So I, I feel that like a that's lot very boring, and I could do that at home. Exactly. It was a lot of that <laughs> in college. Like, yeah, a lot of times you go to a house party or kickback. Um, not every time because it just depends on whose place you go to and the mm-hmm. vibe that they set. But it will always be little clicks off to the side, and then you have that one or couple people that mingles with everybody. Yeah, but yeah, I feel like as an adult now it's a bit different because. It, usually if somebody's inviting you to their house like they fuck mm-hmm. with you and whoever whoever they fuck with usually fucks with each other so yeah it's easier now but what yeah. about the club like oh the club Ooh. the biggest I, thing for I me at the club. Go to the club like that though or like in, any type of like party mm-hmm. environment i guess like if it was a, mm-hmm. like a selective party um i think one of the biggest things is nobody's dancing like that's been yeah. a party like killer since the fucking 70s uh yeah get your ass up off the wall put your back up <laughs> like that's get up off the wall and dance like what people this is my this is what i hate 
when mm-hmm. people are just people watching and watching what people got on and just talking about people like that kills oh my apart. god you know what that reminds me of <laughs> what okay, so bcu homecoming 19 that was like the last homecoming of course and it was lit like one of the mm-hmm. most lit homecomings ever like and I noticed when it was like me and my sister dancing, it was so many people just standing there or it was people recording us having fun. And I'm That's like, weird. y'all whack. Like it's so y'all really could be like coming to the dance floor and hanging out and, and dancing too. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't look to me as the entertainment because right. you want to stand to the side. That's whack. Cause some people just honestly want to look like uh, it's a, it's a whole thing where, especially with women where we're not trying to look like we're doing too much or the girl mm-hmm. that's dancing or, or just art, just that girl. We Nobody yeah. wants to be that girl. But I think some people take it overboard because you go places and you really can't even have fun and be yourself because you're so used to this image that you're trying to uphold. uphold. Instead of just get out there. Have, we all drunk, especially if it's homecoming. <laughs> yes. Everybody drunk. If you ain't had to drink at homecoming, I mean, I don't know what you're doing. You're doing it wrong. Right. So go out there, have fun and stop trying to be with a stick up your ass (laughs) or like you know don't you hate when you see like a group of girls that's really quiet and then they take their phone down everybody saying hey then they put the phone down they quiet like that is so So fake fake and lame like Like, like, oh my god that's really some black mirror shit because (laughs) you really are a fucking robot you're really not real because yeah i i first of all when you're really in a moment a lot of times you don't even be reaching for your phone like Mm -hmm. you just in that moment and then you make you don't even catch the moments that are the latest part of the party because you're so in the moment like no, you can't right. you can't time that you can't be like oh here's a moment let me put my phone up because <laughs> the moment done passed <laughs> so yeah i just think that no dancing no, just standing on a wall staring at people or just recording people is so weird it's weird i agree with that second question do you think you could write a song and if so what would it be about um for me I know that, like, when I, I had a song book when I was a little kid, and I used to make songs off of Ja Rule instrumentals. <laughs> and... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> nah, no, like, no bullshit. So <laughs> I really was doing that. You know, a lot of the CDs will come out with instrumentals, and yeah. I would buy the instrumentals, and I would make my own songs. He had the and, best instrumentals, though. He yeah, had some good beats. Period. Um, <laughs> especially the, uh, what was the song? I cry, you cry. Yeah, oh, I made a, yeah. I made a song about that. It's called In Junior High. I don't know why. But um, <laughs> but I, now, I think if I would make a song today, it would be about like a, like being a woman in my mid-20s, or I'm sorry, not mid anymore, late 20s and just trying to figure, just figuring life out and things that I've overcame. Just a very... Like, it would be like the junior high, I don't know why, but <laughs> the adult version of it, you know, things I've been through and things I achieved, I think I would feel really good making a song. Like, just for fun. I probably should do that. That would be fun. Yeah. I know what for me, you? I really, I'm really like, I love listening to love songs, but I think it's, we're oversaturated sometimes, so it wouldn't be that. I'm thinking like, maybe something like just a happy song like just yeah. something that makes people happy really ain't about nothing but right. just being happy kind of like the happy song from Pharrell mm-hmm. or 
just a little uplifting song that you know something like that like I feel like that would actually be a challenge for me though because I mean how do you how do you really um encompass happiness like mm-hmm. you really got to be in a happy place you really got to understand happiness so I think that would be fun to do and that would be a, a good challenge for me okay all right yeah I'm with it okay now what would a bohem do is our segment where we pick a tweet and we you know kind of dissect it and talk about what we would do in the situation or how we feel about it this week's tweet is from at the oracle reads you on twitter Okay. Um, her tweet said, when you finally learn that a person's behavior has more to do with their own internal struggle than it ever did with you, you start healing the part of you that once identified with their inner conflicts and you stop allowing their projections to dictate who you are. Mm. What you think, girl? Whew. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like that tweet is a form of self-liberation um when you don't focus on the things that people project onto you I feel like that's when you are the real winner you really are yeah um so for me the the moment you finished reading that tweet what immediately came to mind was just wow that's like a that's a different level of like self-liberation that like you can't even take away from yourself, honestly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's pretty much my take on it. I agree with it one thousand percent. Yeah, I think this is it's a concept that should be introduced to people who have like who are, who become attached to other people's um, issues, especially mm-hmm. like empaths, and who become attached to what a person does to them, and they personalize it. And say, okay, it's because of something that I'm not doing or something or because I'm not Mm -hmm. enough or all of these self detrimental uh, thoughts. And I think that's really good for a person that's in those situations where people are really like being um, just volatile. Like learning that it really has nothing to do with you. I had to learn that obviously in a lot of situations, but specifically with uh, parents, like we talked about that before Mm -hmm. um, in our um, parents episode in season one, y'all can go back to that because that was a good one. But um, I had to learn and I think I learned it early how to detach myself from, from what they did, how they projected, like what they said about who I was, with or who mm-hmm. I was hanging with like all of these situations I just had to be like okay that's them and this is yes. me <laughs> period that's them this is me and I moved on and, and I and I just carry that with me with for it's hard sometimes once you develop an attachment to someone new um but you learn with it I feel like you learn with every situation and every person that it's don't take it personal even though it can be personal sometimes but don't take people's projections as something that is a yes. reflection of you. Yeah, because I know for me, I catch myself defending myself and I'll be like, wait, what? That's not even me. Like, you know, but it's like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, that has nothing to do with me. Right. Um, that's something I'm honestly, I feel like that's something that I have not perfected. Um, I'm still a work in progress in that. Right. I, I think I've improved in a lot of ways, but there's still parts of me where I, I can't, um, why do I have the hardest time saying this word? 
compartment compartmentalize. Why mm-hmm. do I have the hardest time saying that word? Oh it's my god, it's got so many parts. <laughs> okay, separate the two. <laughs> like, um, that's something I'm still working on. I think I I think I do it pretty well at work. I think that's where I do it the best, talking to customers, people at work, things like that. But um, when it comes to my personal life, like with my friends, my family, that's something I'm still working on. Like, yeah. And it's going to take time, but I think that I'm in a better, I'm I'm doing better than I was before. That's so. really good. It, it all really comes down to, like, the level of uh, intimacy of the relationship, too. Mm-hmm. Like, how attached you are to this person, what kind of relationship it is. Because, you know, like at work, these are just people and, you know, you just interact with them on a face value kind of mm-hmm. thing. And you, you immediately detach yourself from it because it's work. But it's it's really harder when it comes to people you love or people you like. So I think, yeah, that is a concept or something that's hard to like. I think we're all still perfecting it and figuring it out with that. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. That was a great tweet. Thank you. It was. Thank you, the Oracle Reads you. <laughs> so we're going to go into the Inner Supreme and we'll speak on toxic positivity. So before we start and before we give our take on it, I did want to put some type of um, education on it. I wanted to give definitions, examples, everything. Shout out to VeryWellMind.com. They were essential in explaining it to me. You know, it's funny because when we created this topic, I felt like we made up the word, (laughs) (laughs) but we did not. It's actually like there are mad articles about it Mm -hmm. so toxic positivity is the belief that no matter how dire or difficult a situation is people should maintain a positive mindset it's a good vibes only approach to life and while there are benefits to being an optimist and engaging in positive thinking Toxic positivity instead rejects difficult emotions in favor of a cheerful, often falsely positive facade. Okay. Mm. Forms of toxic positivity consist of but are not limited to the following. Okay. When something bad happens, I'm going to give you two of them. Okay. When something bad happens, such as losing your job, people tell you, just stay positive or look on the bright side. While such comments are often meant to be sympathetic, they can also be a way of shutting down anything you might want to say about what you are experiencing. Example number two, after experiencing some type of loss, people tell you that everything happens for a reason. While people often make such statements because they believe they're comforting, it is also a way of avoiding someone else's pain. Mm. All right. And no, I'm sorry. I have a third. (laughs) Shout out to verywellmind.com. When you express disappointment or sadness, someone tells you that happiness is a choice. This suggests that if you're feeling negative emotions, then it's your own choice and your own fault for not choosing to be happy. Instead of Mm. realizing that there's more than one emotion than just being fucking happy okay (laughs) um the reason why these are this is toxic okay it's shaming it causes guilt and it avoids authentic human emotion i'm gonna add the fourth one 
for me, I feel like it creates a lack of accountability as well. Okay. So that's the definition of toxic positivity, the example. Um, so, to- so I was about to say so toxic. Wow. So, <laughs> Tay, <laughs> so Tay, what do you think about this word toxic positivity? What, what are your thoughts on that? I'm going to be honest. At one point, I was a person who promoted it and didn't understand that I was, that's what I was promoting. Mm. So it, it took, I feel like it. I feel like anytime that you are like on some type of journey, journey, especially a spiritual journey in the new age spiritual journeys, <laughs> you um, are, you were introduced to so many forms of, of tools that get, provide elevation. And with those tools that provide elevation, you're given like surface level, surface level comforts and surface level tools that, should provide you with ease, peace, happiness. And mm-hmm. at one point I was thinking that um, just using these tools, I would be happy. And if you use these tools, you, you're happy. You can be happy. Mm-hmm. But after a while, you know, going through personal um, issues and, mm-hmm. um, and battles and stuff like that, I start to notice I was feeling down and I kept seeing accounts on social media um, just promoting being positive and promoting. And, I, and it it pissed me off because I was yeah. not in a positive place. Like before I was, but now I'm going, I'm actually going through something. Yeah. So it's not as easy for me to find that positivity and everything. And I, and where, in ways that I used to be optimistic, I was being hella pessimistic. Right. Uh, and so I think in that I learned how to value all of my feelings and not just the positive ones. Because I noticed how angry I got when I saw the positivity being thrown in my face and I, it made me feel ashamed. That's where yeah. the anger come, came from. So it kind of made me cognizant of the ways in which I would do it. I, I kind of like really kind of flipped completely how I would portray myself on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. Th- I never really thought. I never really talked about this, but yeah, I I flipped it because I just didn't want to promote something that was fake. Like if right. I was feeling something, if I was feeling anger, if I was feeling any type of emotion, um, resentment, disgust, jealousy, because that's an emotion we have to like actually embrace sometimes and talk mm-hmm. about. Work it's through. a real thing. Um, yeah, I would I would speak about it and I would talk about it. And I feel like I'm like that now. Like I'm just I'm just more um aware of all of my emotions not just the positive ones because of that feeling of shame and anger that I felt when I was in a down place and I was being shoved positivity through all these places I couldn't be positive at that moment because I had to um obviously deal with this situation at, at face value and deal with those negative emotions um so yeah that I feel like that definition those definitions and examples are exactly it, they encompass toxic positivity. It makes a person feel shame for feeling whatever feelings that they have that aren't positive. And it can kind of just make you feel like something is wrong with you. Yes. If everybody is like happy and what's wrong with me? Why am I so sad? Why am I so, you know, or why am I going through these negative feelings? I'm like, I'm, I'm more so of, I'm feel it, but then it has to pass. I have to do mm-hmm. something with it. I have to like, move through it I can't just stay there now when you stay there that's a different story and that's a different type of thing but for me I feel like 
I can automatically go straight to being positive just because mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be positive. So yeah, that's how I that's how I interpreted it. I interpreted as um something that I realized because I, I don't think I've always reflected. I think I'm very I'm very um realistic when it comes to my emotions and feelings. So I don't really think that I've given that type of energy, but I have had that type of energy given to me, like mm-hmm. where I'm really down and I've, you know, have talked to certain people and they were like, oh, you know, well, just be happy or just, it's not that bad or it's not, you know, it's like mm-hmm. that can be very um difficult for me. And I think that it's why I don't, I don't really talk about my problems often to people like I used to like I'm more like well first I've you know I really built I personally feel I built a lot of tools within myself to help myself get out of these situations and you know Mm -hmm. and I have resources right um but I think that what it did show me is that you have to and it's not a negative thing. It's just a real thing. Like, it, it is what it is. You have to kind of watch who you seek, you know, po- positive, like, energy from and who you choose to speak about your negative things from. Because the reality is that not, it's not even an, it, it's just it is what it is thing. I don't, I'm not speaking bad on anyone Mm-hmm. But a lot of people don't even know how to handle their own negative shit, you know? Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. you talk to them about your negative stuff, they may not know how to gauge that. So it's like, for me, it just, it taught me over time to just kind of, you know, you have the people and the resources to share that information with. Um, but not every it taught me that not everyone is number one super in tune with their thought with their feelings and emotions and number two they're just not very you know people are still trying to figure life out Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I don't know I have I I I empathize with those type of people now before I ain't gonna lie them people used to get on my nerves and talk so Mm -hmm. less don't have conversations with them because they live in a world that I deem fictitious. Like there is no such thing as a life that is a hundred percent positive and that's it. Um, but you know, uh, now I kind of have, I, I don't, I wouldn't say I feel bad for them, but I just kind of, I understand why they may feel that way I but I do feel like nonetheless it's still very toxic and we are all one thing about us like as human beings we are like complex people or in the, you know what I'm saying we're complex mm-hmm. beings so we're not always going to we're not it's not ingrained in us to always be happy all the time and be sad all the time we mm-hmm. have to feel all the feels. Some days we're going to be angry. Some days, 
you know, and, and address these things, you know, don't, like you said, don't, don't revel in it. Don't sit in it. Um, but address when you're angry, address why you're happy and how you're happy address when you're pissed off address when you're hurt address address the the variation of emotions that you as a human being feel in life because life is just simply not about super positive vibes only stuff honestly i don't even like I don't even like really kick it with people that like have that view like heavy <laughs> positive vibes only. <laughs> it can really annoy me like ha- like that them happy happy joy joy motherfuckers like it's so basic because they really crumbling basic. inside. <laughs> yes, it's very basic <laughs> and it's like, but it's weird because even though I feel like it's basic, I like feel bad for them. Like I don't know, it's, it's really yeah. weird because I'm like it has is. It has to be more to your story as to why you're like that. Some people are like that because you know they've been abused as a child and they just know to block out. Yeah, and it's just like block out, block out, block out. Um, but as far as like hanging out and you know, because me, I'm I like having real, com- real raw conversation. I say what I feel. I'm very blunt, very direct, and. For some people, that may not be seen as super positive vibes, you know. And mm-hmm. I know for me, I can't, I can't say, I can't, I don't speak that way. Like it's just positive energy, just all around me. And oh, when I wake up, I just see positive, like yellow rays of light hitting the, you know. <laughs> I I see that more. I feel like I see that more in a sentimental way that could evoke emotion. Like oh my gosh the way that sun is just like hitting the window it's like i'm it's making me tear up it's so beautiful like that not in the sense of like because it's just positive vibes all around me (laughs) that's kind of crazy for me but um yeah i I, feel like i think we got to be careful when we when we create like like little sayings and indoctrines and all of that for sure to govern our lives because mm-hmm. our lives are always changing. So what worked before may not work now. So yes. a, a whole saying to govern your whole life is not always going to be, um, it's not always going to be uh, going to work. It's not going to always fit the situation that you're dealing with. Um, so I just think we just, it's just adjustment in that mm-hmm. sense. Like in some cases it is very, very good to keep a positive head because you can prevent certain things from happening for sure. Like if, if you're in a situation where, you know, traffic it's it's, it's something that always happens, but if you're angry, you can get in a, a accident, something, mm-hmm. something like that. So if you're staying positive, it could actually help, but being positive a hundred percent of the time does not, doesn't get, doesn't, um, it doesn't suffice. It really just doesn't suffice. So I don't, I think the whole thing is not, saying that you can't be positive but understanding that there's other emotions that you have to positivity is not an emotion you right. know so you have to have there's a myriad of emotions that we all feel and they all should be attended to um i do feel like i <clears throat> i'm i love the fact that overall i'm a positive person like mm-hmm. i do have a lot of moments where you but you know that can change like i said when you're going through a negative period you mm-hmm. may not necessarily be as positive as you were because in 2019 i wasn't as positive 
as I am right now, but right. I don't feel the same way. My life is not the same way. So I just feel like adjustment is needed in any human experience. You need to be able to adjust to what's happening. Agreed. Just like with the plants outside and plants in your house, they're not going to always be thriving. They're not going to always be green, pretty, and perfect. They go through a period of, of um, dying and, mm-hmm. and, and rebirth and all of that. And when you attend to anything in real life that is living, it is not always perfect and pristine. So you have to, I feel like as humans in general, we have to understand that if there is something that people are promoting us to experience a hundred percent of the time, mm-hmm. then that is not, then that's a, that's, that's fraud. That's something that's, that's not realistic. That's, that's somebody trying to get your money. That's somebody trying to get your mm-hmm. mind and all of that. Just like diet, it's the same thing as diet culture, same thing as being 100% healthy and vegan and all of that 100% <laughs> of the time. Anything that is saying that you have to do this 100% of the time, it's not sustainable. Because right. we're human and we have to go through life and we have ups, downs, it's natural. It's the course of life. So I feel like we just have to um, surrender to that wave that is human experience. I agree yeah. with that. I, I also feel like um, toxic positivity also um, it creates a, a lack of accountability as I've said and mm-hmm. I feel like um, when I say that what do I mean by that let's say like you get in an argument and then after the argument with someone that person who has the trait of toxic positivity they may not want to talk or discuss the argument because it could potentially happen again, but they rather be like, oh, well, let's just go out to eat. Well, let's just go here. Well, let's just go to the oh, club. Well, let's just... And I feel like that toxic positivity definitely gives a lack of accountability because some no matter what relationship you have, it could be friendship, sisterhood, boyfriend, girlfriend, mom, dad, you're going. there are going to be moments where I feel like uncomfortable conversations have to happen in order to address certain elephants in the room so right. you can move forward effectively right and i've always felt like you know when i think of people that are taught that consist of the toxic positivity you know like mindset or trait there's a huge lack of accountability because there's a lot of things that probably should be discussed and they don't even have to be discussed in a negative way but maybe mm-hmm. in their head their thing is so negative or it might be so uncomfortable that they'll void it out completely. Right. And that's a recipe for disaster when you're a having a friendship. I mean, it happens a lot in mm-hmm. friendships, bruh. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like the type two, the, the two um, places I feel like it happens a lot is in friendships and romantic relationships. Yeah, it really does. Because it's like people will rather like doll it up or gift you or you know let's go to the club yeah girls <laughs> photo shoot you know but mm-hmm. we really got some static I mean we seen what's up with Insecure with Issa and Molly yeah you know they put themselves in a lot of different environments and not addressing the real elephant in the room so it is something that is very prevalent gosh that, I feel like now we can go into a whole other space with what you just brought up that is so fucking real <laughs> Yes, like, it is. Oh my God, I have experienced that so much. In, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say so much, but it, it, a lot of friendships, like 
Mm-hmm. Because you know, especially when you're blunt and you're direct and you're explaining, yeah. like you're trying to talk, you're trying to tell a person how you feel about something, but they immediately take it for, oh, this is going to be an argument. Oh, oh mm-hmm. I just don't want to deal with that. I've had friends like that, and it was just like we really have never gotten to the place where we could be, or we're not friends anymore because mm-hmm. you're so afraid of a conversation. The conversation don't even have to end. And like in blood, blood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it mm-hmm. don't have to end in that. Like I feel like I'm, I'm bringing something. I'm not gonna say like you know our little situation last week. I'm not gonna say completely <laughs> what happened. But I feel like if we mm-hmm. were two different kind of people, it could have went completely different. Big fat. Like because I feel mm-hmm. like all in all, both of our y'all. I'm not gonna say too much, but we had a disagreement and we and we handled it. Yeah, And I feel like if I was a toxic, positivity-ass bitch, I would have been like, okay, I'm not going to sp- explain to her how I feel about it, and I'm just going to go mm-hmm. on with this pressure, and nothing's going to be solved, and then I'm going to... And then eventually what you do is you express that contempt in other ways, and then she yeah. start, you will start feeling like, this bitch acting funny, like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. is she not doing this? Is she doing that? And yeah. it, eventually be- it eventually becomes a negative thing mm-hmm. in friendship, so I feel like have those conversations, you know, and it don't have to be, you don't have to approach the conversation in a negative way. Negative way. This is how I feel, you know, Mm -hmm. explain your, explain your part, listen to them because even if you feel a certain way, you can learn something from how they felt and you can get better understanding because you're two different people having two different experiences. So your experience is not going to always align with her experience or his experience. Mm -hmm. So I just feel like that listening aspect and being, prepared for conversations and I mm-hmm. guess welcoming them is better to do instead of being oh I just don't want to have any negativity because child I had a friend like that and it was just like we could never we're never going to be able to talk about anything because you think everything yep. is an argument or yep. you think I'm about to get wild on you and, and I'm a 20 year friendship over that bullshit yeah so. like I hate that I, mm-hmm. I just ultimately think that's just weak in my opinion but hey it is. that's the word I use it's very weak <laughs> um, because the, the reality is that self advocacy is important in all realms of a relationship or friendship. Mm. So you should never really be afraid to advocate for yourself. Yeah. That's like the I that's like the main thing, especially with us what happened last week, not going into it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's that was the main thing I know for me. Like I just had to advocate for myself. Right. Because of X, Y, and Z. And I feel like if somebody is really your friend or they're really your man or your woman or your you know a close family member, um you know, self-advocacy should not be something that you will not do for the sake of uh, sustaining the relationship. That's right. very toxic. So, yeah, like, I mean, think about, like, married couples. Like, they, well, I don't know. Every married couple don't have uncomfortable <laughs> conversations. But, you know, people who stand the test of time and be together for, like, 40 and 50 years, you know, they've had very uncomfortable moments. Mm -hmm. And they had to have those uncomfortable, you know, conversations. It's not going to be, oh, you know, hi, husband, hi, wife, every single day. You know, so it's like, you know, all realms of your relationships are the same. They fall in that bucket. Right. You know, so the key thing that I feel 
and something that I've been pushing for myself within these past couple months is humanizing everything, humanizing your passion, humanizing your friendships. And it's not going to be super perfect. Like it's not mm-hmm. going to be, you know, just so positive. And I, I'm just going to swim in the sea and be happy. You're going to have those moments. Absolutely. But sometimes you might be like, I don't know, it's storming in the sea. I don't know if I want to jump in the sea. Um, right so it's just like humanize once you humanize everything I like that. then the toxic positivity is something I wouldn't say it would be deleted but it's something you could work through over time because there's no such thing as like never being depressed again or never you know uh, being toxic again or anything like that we're not robots um, but at the same time once you humanize things you are you're able to work through them more like I when like you w- when we were talking about I remember when we were, at, we were at your house we were talking about our passion and how we're like well we don't know if it's our passion because sometimes like, I don't feel like doing x y and z but the reality is it's a passion it's not something that it's not something that every single day you're going to get super excited. There's no such thing that will do that for someone. You have to humanize the passion. Today, I don't feel like doing it, but I'm doing it. Oh, we just finished doing X, Y, and Z. Oh, it's great. I'm, I'm so excited to do this today. Mm-hmm. Once you humanize things, toxic positivity doesn't really have a place in your life because you already are signing up for X, Y, and Z knowing that Today, you'll feel good. Tomorrow, you'll feel great. But maybe in a few months, you might feel like shit while doing it. Right. Wow. Woo, that was good, girl. I like that. I'm going to do that more in my life. Humanizing everything. Yeah, humanize everything. Because honestly, I feel like that that is what's going to take you to real self-liberation. Once you're able to humanize everything. And I know for me, like, when I eat, I'm still battling with this. When I mess up, I will think about when I messed up months ago and I'll be like, how could you let it get that bad? How could you? I literally was going through that earlier before I started recording. And it's just like, no, I got to humanize my process. Like, mm-hmm. it, yeah, that happened, but that happened nine months ago. And we in April going to May and we survived. And it's mm-hmm. just time to move forward. Like, mm-hmm humanize the process humanize yourself and you'll be fine i had something else but i completely forgot so that's fine dang okay well let's go ahead and get into our five to nine spotlight to this uh spotlight of this week is going to go to rosemary rosemary Mm -hmm. the yogi she is a wonderful girl i actually met her through instagram meeting people through instagram is like the best i love it (laughs) so for five years rosemary worked as a nanny she began adding yoga to the daily routine with the children and you know it didn't take a long time for the kids to start to request yoga time that encouraged her to obtain her kids yoga teacher certification so right now rosemary is a certified yoga and meditation teacher she specializes in beginner beginner instruction for women children and couples she is also currently getting certified in prenatal and postnatal yoga for your for like you know mothers to be expecting mothers 
Mm-hmm. Her practice incorporates simple and easily applicable flows that promotes the release of mental and emotional blockages, mindfulness, and intimacy among partners, parents, and children. I really love, I love the that. fact that she works with parents, children, couples, and women. Like, if that's not like, it's that, I just feel like those different aspects or those mm-hmm. different relationships are so sacred and so necessary to bring about um I guess flow in and I just love the fact that she chose those areas as her special specializations yeah um so she's in the Orlando area everyone you can book your um yoga sessions through her Instagram directly her Instagram is at rosemary the yogi that is at r o s e M-A-R-Y-T-H-E-Y-O-G-I. Rosemary the Yogi. Um, I think this is great for uh, teachers and schools. She's certified so she can come into the classroom and work with the kids, uh, work in um, the physical education department with, um, you know, being hired on to come in some days. I think this is amazing. So if you're in the Orlando area and you're looking for a yoga um, instructor, um, who specializes in multiple um, multiple arenas, I think you should definitely uh, contact Rosemary. And thank you so much, Rosemary, for being part of our 5 to 9 Spotlight. I love it. I really do love it. Um, but for the news segment, um, I'm going to do a piano playlist. So I'm not like, the piano has made like in songs has made me feel very peaceful and at ease this past couple weeks. So I'm going to have artists such as Kiefer, Alicia Keys, Erica Badu on the playlist. And that's pretty much what that will be. I'm excited for it. Oh, I can't wait. I just love the fact that the piano is going to be spotted. So when y'all listen, pay close (laughs) attention to the piano breaks or the piano under the music make that your intent when you listen you know of yeah, course make that your intention. to the music but mm-hmm. hone in on, a, on the piano especially like if you want to get into more of developing your little music ears it's so <laughs> relaxing like <laughs> it is one of those things well music period for me has like really put me in at peace because there's certain songs that give me nostalgic memories and like make like a day or I wouldn't say a day because I, I, I don't claim bad days anymore. I call yes. them bad moments. So the bad moments in my day, they soften them. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that a p- the piano in these songs do it in particular. So I definitely want to share that because mm. I can't I can't just keep that to myself. <laughs> yes, I'm so glad you explained it in that way because it may help some other people to mm-hmm. get more out of their music, you know, and, and finding intent in how you yeah. listen and what you listen for. Yeah, yeah, All I'm right. definitely on the verge of like definitely looking for new music. Even when I would, I had music on shuffle today, and I am kind of tired of hearing the same like theme two songs you know I, I yeah. really want to branch out and listen to different things so you guys if that. you have new artists you can like DM us and let of us know of course please that would be so good like 
Especially mm-hmm. if you're thinking of like if you want us to add something to a playlist or of consider course. something, yes, let us know. DM us through Instagram or Twitter, and we can um uh, we, we can make, make that, that happen. happen. Wow, we said the same time. <laughs> Speaking of Instagram and Twitter, we are going to be obviously doing our poll for the next episode. Once again, thank you for all of you for voting for the topic for this episode. Yes. So the next episode, episode four, our topics that you have to choose from are black luxury, black humor as a coping mechanism, or oppressed people, oppressed people. These are some very, very complex topics, and we want to obviously talk about them all, and we will, but we want to hear what you want us to talk about next week. So make sure you look out for our poll. Our poll should be on, I believe, what, next Saturday? Our poll Mm -hmm. should be on next Saturday. It's on Instagram, our Mm -hmm. Instagram and our Twitter, so you can can log in either of those and um, vote. Now, our Instagram is at the supreme bohemes and our um twitter is at supreme bohemes so you can find us there to vote and to interact with all of our content thank you guys so much for listening this week and we love to hear from you on our socials and we can't wait to hear from you on our next episode bye bye